So as, um, as Smiley comes to speak this morning, let me, um, let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you that as we take time off uh, this weekend to not work, and that while we go to sleep and we rest, that you don't, that you're always at work, that you're always at wake, that you are sovereign and in control and on your throne. And I, I pray, Jesus, this morning that we would rest in that, knowing that you are our heavenly father and that you are in control. And Lord, as, as Smiley speaks, I pray that you would fill his mind and his mouth with exactly what it is that you have for us. Let it not be his words, his thoughts. Let it be your words and your thoughts, Jesus. And we pray that you would receive glory and honor from the things that are said and prayed for and thought about as we sit and listen to God's word. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. As uh, Dave was uh, in Louisiana enjoying his new grandson. So it's great to be here. Um, makes me think of this Sunday school teacher. So you have a Sunday school teacher and she asked her class, um, who knows what, a sin of o what sins of omission are? A little girl puts up her hand, and the teacher calls on her, and, well, what's a sin of omission? She says, sins of omission are sins we should have done, but didn't. <laughs> not exactly, okay? And that's not what we're going to talk about today. What we're going to talk about today is about leadership and how leaders matter. Leaders matter in our home, don't they? And leaders matter in our church. And leaders matter in our nation. And, and what we're going to learn this morning, uh, the point of today's message, is that Jesus is the one great leader. Uh, all our earthly leaders will disappoint us, won't they? But Jesus is the one great leader who never disappoints. And that's why it's so important we put our hope in him and not in earthly leaders. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Malachi chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, you can pick one up in the, in the lobby. We'd love to give you one. Um, we are studying the book of Malachi. It's the last book in the Older Testament. And um, the reason we're doing it is this book teaches that everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. That's what we all have in common. That's why we're all here, because we all need Jesus. And if you're new, we're glad you're here. Listen, come each week, and, and we'll open up God's Word. If you'd like to know Jesus, come and see Him with us. And if you're regular here, it's good to be here. And as we walk through Malachi, what I'm praying is that you would know Jesus, that you would love Jesus, you would follow him. And so what we've learned in the first few weeks in Malachi, we've learned that, uh, <clears throat> that there are six arguments in the book of Malachi. That's the outline of the book, six arguments. And the arguments are not like a husband and wife fighting. It's much more like a legal argument. Where, where first God makes a statement. God makes a statement first, and then second, the people respond, they object, and third, God presents his case. So remember the first week, the first week, God's statement was, I have loved you, I love you. And the people responded, what? How have you loved us? And then God says, well, I chose you. Out of all the people on earth, I chose you to bless you and make you a blessing. And then last week, Strider was uh, speaking, and he opened up the second argument. In the second argument, God says, you are half-hearted in your worship. 
you're half heart. You don't give your best in worship. And the people said, listen, how have we, how have we worshiped you half-heartedly? <laughs> Remember, God says you're bringing lame animals and blind animals. And God has a great sense of humor. He says, why not give those to your governor? See if he'd be pleased, right? And so we're still, this week, as we start chapter 2, we're still do, dealing with that second argument that God says your worship is half-hearted. Um, might that be true for some of us? Malachi 2.1, And now this commandment is for you, O priest. Now last week, as Strider spoke, God was addressing both the priests, the leaders, and also the people. And now he narrows the focus. Now he narrows the focus to the priest. And so I want you to understand that priests were leaders in the nation of Israel. And there were three offices in the Old Testament. There was a priest, a prophet, and a king. What the priest would do is he would lead the people in worship. He would lead them. He would pray for the people. He would offer sacrifices for the people. And priests would teach people God's word. That's what priests did. And then they had prophets. And you know what prophets say, right? What do they say? What? Thus says the Lord. So prophets would be those who would speak for God. They would say, thus does the Lord. And then you would have kings, and kings would rule over the people. So the three leaders were priests and prophets and king. And listen, they all pointed to Jesus. They all pointed to Jesus because Jesus is our priest, isn't he? He intercedes for us. He offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins. He's our prophet. What does Jesus say? Truly, truly, I say to you, he's our prophet. He speaks to us, and he's our king. He's King Jesus, and he says to us, follow me, right? So <clears throat> God is addressing the priest. And now this commandment is for you, O priest. If you do not listen, and if you do not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, you're the leaders. You're the leaders. You're supposed to go first. You're supposed to lead the people. If you don't listen to my word, who will? If you don't take it to heart as the leaders, who will? Uh, it's true, right? I mean, leaders are to lead. And, and, and what would God have leaders be like? In, uh, in the book of Ezra, did you know that Ezra was a priest? So Ezra was a priest, and Ezra is kind of a model of what God intended priests to be. Notice what it says about Ezra. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord. So priests, as leaders, they were to study God's word and to practice it. They were to lead the people. They were to take it hard. They were to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Ah, I, I love that. What should I do as a pastor? Or, or, or what should we do as disciple makers? If we're trying to disciple others, what should we do? Shouldn't we set our heart? We should set our heart to study God's word, right? And to follow Jesus into practice. And, and then to teach his statutes and ordinances. So if you do not listen as the leaders... And if you don't take it to heart as a leader to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. And indeed, I have cursed them already because you're not taking it to heart. God says, listen, I'm going to turn your blessings into curses. And, and we say, what? Um, 
Remember, remember how God used Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt? And, and then he led them for 40 years through the desert. But Moses wasn't allowed to lead the people into the promised land. Joshua would. So in Joshua chapter 20, or Deuteronomy 27, here's we read about the blessings and curses, a, a theme in the Older Testament. In Deuteronomy 27:11, Moses also charged the people on that day, saying, "When you cross the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people." So half the tribes were to stand on Mount Gerizim, and they were to bless the people. Uh, Simeon, Levi, Judah, see Levi, the Levites here, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. For the curse, these shall stand on Mount Ebal. But the other, half, the other six tribes would stand on Mount Ebal, and they would recite the curses, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulon, Dan, and Naphtali. The Levites shall then answer and say to the men of Israel with a loud voice. So half on one, half on the other, back and forth, they would read the curses and the blessings. And what were the blessings? The blessings were getting to do life with God. It's a blessing to do life with God. And when we do life with God, then we can enjoy all the good things God gives us to enjoy. And where where the curses was to be separated from God, to do life without God. And if you do life without God, then you're not even able to enjoy the good things God gives us to enjoy. Now, you can read Deuteronomy 27. The whole chapter is is about curses. I'm just going to give you a few examples. Cursed is the man who makes an idol or a molten image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman, and sets it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. So be it. Cursed is he who dishonors his father and mother. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who moves his neighbor's boundary mark. And all the people shall say, Amen. And so they were reminded of what life without God would be like, how they wouldn't be able to enjoy God or all good things. And then you come to chapter 28, and it lists all the blessings, all the blessings for those who follow the Lord. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be your offspring, the offspring of your body, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your beast, the incense of your the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall you shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. There are blessings for doing life with God. We get to do life with God and enjoy all the good things he gives us to enjoy. And don't we see the same thing in the New Testament? I mean, in John chapter 10, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus didn't come because we were having way too much fun. He came so that we would do life with him and have life that's abundant now and life that lasts forever, that we could enjoy doing life with him and all the good things he gives us to enjoy. Let me show you that in another verse I really like. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, 
Verse 17, instruct those who are rich in this present world. You know, a lot of you have tuned out. He's talking about you. Do you have more food in your house than you're going to eat today? Do you? Then you're rich. What? Don't you remember how Jesus taught us to pray? He taught us to pray what? Give us our... So if we have more food than we're going to eat today, we are rich beyond most people throughout history's wildest imagination. But notice what he says. Instruct those who are rich in this world. Instruct Americans not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. When we do life with God, not only do we get to enjoy Jesus, but we see all the good things that he's given us to enjoy. Okay. So God says if the leaders don't lead, he's going to turn their blessings into curses. Now I want to tell you something. The Bible is not a G-rated book, so don't get mad at me. Uh, it's even beyond PG. It's probably PG-13 at best, and we're going to move into one of those verses. Behold, I am going to rebuke your offspring, and I will spread refuse on your faces. Now, the word refuse was dung or excrement. I'm going to rub, spread dung on your face, on your faces, the refuse of your feast, and you will be taken away with it. Then you will know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Now, a covenant is a binding promise, and I want you to see Levi. You see, descendants of Levi were called Levites. And then you had priests. And I want you to understand how priests and Levites went together. Um, All the priests were Levites, but all the Levites were not priests. And you say, what? Priests were descendants from Aaron, one of the families of the tribe of Levi. So all of the priests were Levites, but not all the Levites were priests. The priests were those who took care of things in the temple. They were the ones who who did the sacrifices. And the Levites, they were like priest helpers. So there were 12 tribes, and God picked one tribe to to really help in leading in worship, to bless them, and then to make them a blessing to to all the other tribes and to all the earth, those who would lead in worship. Uh, My covenant with him, with Levi, was one of life and peace. I, I, I wanted to bless them and make them a blessing, one of life and peace, and I gave them to him as an object of reverence. God wanted... Levi to reverence him and lead the the nation in reverence. So he revered me and stood in awe of my name. God wants his leaders to stand in awe of his name so that his people do. True instruction was in his mouth. God wants his leaders to teach the truth. And unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness. God wants his leaders, the prophet, the priest, he, he wants all of us to walk in peace and uprightness. Priests should preserve knowledge. He wanted his leaders to teach the truth, and men should seek instruction from his mouth. God wanted a place for people to go and get instruction from his word. He is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. The priests were to speak God's word. But as for you, you have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble. You've not led well. 
uh, by the instruction. You have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. So I also have made you despised and abased uh, before all the people, just as you are not keeping my ways, but are showing partiality and instruction. Uh, don't you really dislike it when, when leaders show partiality? I mean, they treat some people better than other people. It's, it's nothing new. It was happening then. And God was very displeased with his priest. So what I want us to understand, what we're going to unpack, is that the Lord is the one great leader. The Lord is the one great leader. So first of all, I want you to understand leadership is really important. Leaders matter. Leaders matter in our home. Leaders matter in our churches. Leaders matter in our nation. Leaders matter in, in, in our civil government. Leaders matter. But the second thing I want you to understand is that Jesus is the only great leader. And what do I mean by that? Jesus is the only leader we will ever follow who will never disappoint us. All earthly leaders, whether it's in our home or in our church or in our business, in our nation, all earthly leaders will disappoint us because they are all flawed. It's like I have many heroes. Heroes inspire us. But I only have one Savior, and his name is Jesus. So there are many good leaders in life, but there is only one great leader who will never disappoint us, and his name is Jesus. Let me show you that. Isn't that what the gospel teaches in Isaiah 53? Verse 6, all of us have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That none of us have led ourselves well. We're all called to lead ourselves, and we've all failed that test, right? We've not put God first. We didn't honor our father and mother. Uh, listen, we've been involved in sex outside of marriage. We've told lies and stolen things. None of us have led ourselves well. And isn't it true we failed in our leadership in our homes, isn't it? And haven't we failed in our leadership in the church and in business? The Bible says we've all sinned against a God who's just. And what we deserve for what we've done is hell. We've not led well, but there is one great leader. His name is Jesus. And Jesus is a God the Son who put on flesh and came to earth. And he led himself well. He lived a perfect life for us. He led his life well. He led his disciples well. He led everything well. And then he went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins. He was betrayed and deserted and denied and mocked and spit upon. But that wasn't the worst part. Here's the worst part. The one who had never sinned, but the Lord God the Father has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. All of our sins were placed on Jesus, and he experienced the wrath of God our sins deserve. Jesus died in our place once and for all. But listen, he didn't stay dead. The third day he rose from the grave and he offers us eternal life, the forgiveness of our sins, the opportunity to do life and eternity with him. Jesus offers to move into us and lift us to the standard so that we could become better leaders, so we could lead ourselves and we could lead in our families and we could lead in this world. And uh, what does he require of us? Uh, in Romans 10... <clears throat> Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised from the, him from the dead, you will be saved. 
Our part is to believe in Jesus, to confess him with our lips. And we love to say at Good News, that really is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. And listen, if, if you've never believed in Christ, don't wait until it's too late. One day it'll be too late. What does it mean to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? It means it starts when we admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And if you've never done that, won't you do that even now? Or I'll be glad to give you a chance as we close in prayer. We admit that we haven't led ourselves well and then we believe, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And then we commit to Jesus as Savior and Lord. Jesus, come in and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. Won't you do that? Jesus, I want you to come in and be Lord. You lead, I follow, won't you? Oh, and if you have, do you hear what it says? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness and with the mouth, he confesses resulting in salvation. If you've done that, you've been saved. All your sins have been given to Jesus and he gave you his righteousness so that from that day forward, your standing before God wasn't based on your performance, but his. And here it is. Here's the verse that teaches us that Jesus is the one leader who never disappoints. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. When you say, Jesus, I want to follow you, he's the one leader who will never disappoint. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is faithful. He's the one great leader. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all abounding in riches for all who call on him, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, Jesus is the one great leader. Leadership really matters, but Jesus is the only great leader. And that's why everyone needs Jesus to become a better leader, to become a better leader. Jesus says leadership matters. And so I want you to understand what grace is. Grace isn't Jesus lowering the standard saying leadership doesn't matter. No, grace is about Jesus forgiving us and then moving into us and lifting us to the standard. He wants us to become better leaders, better leaders of ourselves, better leaders in our homes, in our church, and in his work in the world. Um, Jesus moves into us. He lifts us to the standard. When he moves in, he says to us, follow me, follow me, because he becomes our model for life and ministry. And to help us in that, Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. And you know what the Holy Spirit loves to do? To exalt Jesus. Look, Jesus is our model for life. Look at how he led himself. Don't you want to lead yourself that way? Look at how he led his disciples. Isn't that the way you'd like to lead your family? Follow Jesus. Listen, he's our model for ministry. Look at how Jesus won people to faith in Christ. Look at how he discipled people. Don't you want to live life like that? Follow Jesus. Um, Jesus is our model for life and ministry. Uh, Reminds me in uh, Matthew 20. Remember when James and John came and they said, uh, Jesus, could we talk? Could we have the two best seats in the kingdom? Could, could one of us sit on your right hand and one of us sit on your left hand? Could we have that? So in Matthew 20, verse 24, and hearing this, the ten became indignant with the two brothers. They were mad because they thought their names were written on those seats. But Jesus called them to himself. I love this. This was a teachable moment. He called his disciples in. 
And he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their great men exercise authority over them. You know how leadership works in the world. The leaders are those with power and they use their power to oppress people, right? But notice what he says, it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. What does it mean to lead ourselves well? It means we realize we're not here on earth. We're not here on earth to be served. We're here to serve and to give our life because we've already been served and Jesus has already given to us. What does it mean to follow Jesus, I mean, to, to lead in our homes? It means we're not in our homes to be served. We're in our homes to serve and to give because Jesus has served and given himself for us. What does it mean to be a leader in the church? What does it mean to be a disciple maker? It means we're not here on earth to, to, to be served. We're here on earth to serve and to give because Jesus has served and given himself for us. So leadership's very, very important. And, and Jesus isn't the only great leader. And, and everyone needs Jesus to, to become a better leader. We need him to forgive us, move into us, and, and lift us to the standard. So that brings us to our action step for this week. What I want you to do this week is very simple, is follow the leader. Follow the leader because a good leader is a good follower. If you want to be a good leader, it's important you follow the right person. And the only great leader is Jesus, so follow him. Don't you remember how he called his, his disciples in Matthew 4, 19? And he said to them, follow me. Um, I mean, we're all going to follow someone. Why not follow Jesus? You know why we should follow Jesus? Because he is the greatest leader ever. You know why he's the greatest leader? Because he goes first. What I love about Jesus, he doesn't point to us where to go. He goes first, doesn't he? He says, follow me and I'll show you how. I mean, he calls us to forgive others, doesn't he? But what does he do on the cross? We see him, what's he saying? What? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And didn't Jesus say, greater love is no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends, didn't he? But then he did what? He went first and showed us how, didn't he? Jesus is the best leader because he goes first. He's the best leader because he's a beautiful leader. When we look at him, we say, I, I want to lead like that. And listen, Jesus is the best leader because he's the truth. <laughs> Everything seems to be changing in our culture, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he invites us, follow me. So, Follow me. Now, notice what else. He says, and I'll make you fishers of men. If you follow me, man, I'll show you how to lead yourself. I'll show you how to lead in your family and in your church. Man, I'll show you how to help me, how you can join me and help change the world. And um, so Jesus said, follow me and, and help change the world. Notice what the disciples did. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Will you? Man, I have, and, and yet if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to know him, don't we? Don't we need to know him if we're going to follow him? And That's why John 15, 5 is so good where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So if I want to follow Jesus, I need to spend time with him because to abide means to be with a friend who loves you and stay there, to be with a friend who loves you and stay there. So every morning I have breakfast with Jesus. Uh, 
do you know that Jesus has time for me? He knows my name. So on Friday of this week, I'd already done Galatians. So on Friday of this week, I was reading in Acts, and I was in Acts chapter 3, and there was a man who was lame from birth. Can you imagine that? And along come Peter and John, and, and the lame man says, could you give me some money? Some of you know what he said, right? Silver and gold have I none, but what I have you, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And you know what? His ankles were strengthened, his legs were strengthened, and the guy got up, and you know what he did? He was walking and leaping and praising God. And he went into the temple, and people could tell he met Jesus because he was walking and leaping and praising God. But know what I thought? I wonder if he did that on the second day. How about the third day? How about the fourth? How many days? How many days do you think it took for him to stop walking and leaping and praising God? Was there ever a time in your life where you were more in love with Jesus than you are today? Where you were once walking and leaping and praising God? Ah, you know how we keep that joy? You know what moves us to walk and leap and praise Him? Is that we spend time with Him. You know why we worship? Listen, God knows He's great. You know who forgets He's great? We do. You know why we come to worship? Because we so that we remember. So that we come to church and when we leave, we're like the lion man. We're walking and leaping and praising God. You won't believe what Jesus has done for me. In a little bit, we're going to come to the Lord's Supper. You know why we come to the Lord's Supper? Because we forget, don't we? And so Jesus said, what, do this in remembrance of me. So we come so that we can leave walking and leaping and praising God. You'll never believe Jesus has called me to follow him. He wants me to be a part of changing the world. Can you believe it? Isn't that why we get up and start our day with Jesus? Wouldn't it be great if every morning we had breakfast with Jesus and when we headed off to school, when we headed off to work, when we went through our neighborhood, we were walking and leaping and praising God and people would say, they've been with Jesus. Oh, never lose the joy, right? You know what else would help us never to lose the joy? Is to share Jesus with someone else. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> How many of you were, were in Publix this week? Let me see your hands. You were in Publix. Okay, how about, how about in the last month, how many of you were in Publix? Now, here's my question. When you walked into Publix, did you go, wow? Wow. Did you? If you didn't, you know what's wrong with you? You've been into Publix too many times. <laughs> really. And you've lost the wow. Now, just imagine... Imagine you had someone with you from a hundred years ago. Or maybe you had someone with you from Ethiopia or Sudan or Eritrea. And they walked in and they saw that and they said, wow. They would be walking and leaping and praising all this food. Anything imaginable. It is all there. And all we have to do is pay for it. We can take it with us. We lose the wow, don't we? We lose it so fast. But you know what helps us? 
when we bring someone to Jesus and they see Jesus for the first time and they begin to walk and leap and praise God, we remember how much he means to us. Uh, I'm discipling a lot of guys and one of them is, he's so much fun. He says, you know, in January, in January, I never could have imagined that Jesus would use me to win people to Christ. But now, I've been there when the blind see. And I've been there when the deaf hear. And I've been there and to see the lame walk. Oh, listen, every time we share Christ and we see the blind see and the lame walk and the deaf hear, listen, we find ourselves once again walking and leaping and praising God because it is so amazing that we know Jesus and he knows us and we get to follow him and share him with others. Um, so let me ask you, who do you know? Who do you know who love to hear what you've learned? Won't you go and share with them? You know what we learned in church? There is one great leader. His name is Jesus. And all earthly leaders will always disappoint us, but he'll never disappoint us. And he invites us to follow him and be a part of changing the world. Don't you want to follow him? Now, let me ask you something else. Do you, do you think this week, this week someone will ever complain to you about a leader? You think it'll happen? Maybe they complain about their coach or their parents. Probably nobody complained about their pastor, okay? <laughs> or, or, or maybe they'll complain about like the president or someone. Um, won't you share? You know what we learn in church on Sunday? There is one great leader who never disappoints, and his name is Jesus. And I can't believe that I'm a Christian and that I get to follow the greatest leader ever and to tell others about him. And you can too. You can too. Wouldn't you like to? Wouldn't you like to follow a leader who never disappoints? You can. Uh, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for leading your life well, for living a perfect life for us. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross because we've all failed to lead ourselves and to lead others well. And thank you for rising and thank you for offering us eternal life. Listen, if you've failed in life, and would like to be forgiven. If, if you need help in being a leader, Jesus is here. Won't you receive him? Won't you say, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And uh, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and, and be my savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Listen, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. And Jesus, I pray for all of us who've received you. Thank you for forgiving us for all of our failures. And Lord, thank you for not leaving us where we are. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for being our model. Lord, lift us to the standard. 
Lord, help us all to lead ourselves better, to lead better in our families and church and, and in your work in the world. Oh, Lord, I pray this week that we would spend time with you and we would remember how good it is to know you and we would be walking and leaping and praising God. And Lord, I pray that we would share you with others and as we see others meet you, that we would walk and leap and praise you just like new believers do. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.